I get the chance to introduce and welcome, uh, welcome back, welcome home of sorts, uh, my friend Andre Franklin. Uh, Pastor Andre um, has preached at Oak Church before, and many of you recognize him as a familiar face. He's here a, a bit lighter than the the crew that he he comes with normally. His his awesome wife Terry and two kids, uh, Mia and Minka, uh, are back in Houston. Uh, Pastor Andre um, uh, was around Durham a lot more before pandemic uh, in the process of planning a church community out in East Durham, and, and we'd love to partner with him in creative ways and, and, and learn with him and from him. And, and, um, and, and since uh, God has moved them to Houston, uh, where now he is the pastor of formation at Gather Houston Church Community, a, a, a forming community um, out there, and, and we're so glad uh, to get to, to I, I'm so glad to reunite and get to hang out with Andre, uh, get his eyes on what has changed in Durham just over the course of the last year or so that it has been so close that I can't see it. Um, we, we got to go to a Bulls game last night, which was fun, and, and get to share this time together. So um, I'm going to invite Justin Farmer to read our scripture today, and then uh, we'll welcome Pastor Andre to the mic. Morning, everybody. Um, Andre, you were the first person I ever heard preach at Oak Church, and I'm still here two years later, so you didn't scare me away, so excited for round two. <laughs> uh, this is Acts 6, 1 through 7. About that time, while the number of disciples continued to increase, a complaint arose. Greek-speaking disciples accused the Aramaic-speaking disciples because their widows were being overlooked in the daily food service. The twelve called a meeting of all the disciples and said, It isn't right for us to set aside proclamation of God's word in order to serve tables. Brothers and sisters, carefully choose seven well-respected men from among you. They must be well-respected and endowed by the Spirit with exceptional wisdom. We will put them in charge of this concern. As for us, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the service of proclaiming the word. This proposal pleased the entire community. They selected Stephen, a man endowed by the Holy Spirit with exceptional faith. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolaus from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. The community presented these seven to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. God's word continued to grow. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased significantly. Even a large group of priests embraced the faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. Like every time I preach, I have to put this down because Chris is just too tall. And I'm just like, I wish, you know. I wish. Uh, I'm glad to. What's that? <laughs> I'm glad to be with you this morning. Um, one of the things that we do whenever we start off uh, back in Houston uh, before we start service is we kind of go through kind of a contemplative prayer mindfulness practice. And so uh, if you would bear with me uh, in that journey to do that right before I preach. And so uh, wherever you are most comfortable, uh, whether it's maybe closing your eyes, planting your feet on the ground, relaxing your shoulders, taking a deep breath, In the spirit of reflection, in the last few days, what has made you really happy? Kind of where was the joy in this week? 
if you would call that joy and goodness to mind. And God, we pray thank you today. And also, where was the difficulty last week? In which ways was it a hard week? Maybe what was painful? And call that difficulty to mind. God, we pray help. Now as you think about this week, when you think about the next few days, what does your mind immediately jump to? Is it something positive? Is it negative? When you think about next week, where does your mind go? We pray God be with us. Now as we prepare to hear the word of the Lord, mighty God, to you our hearts are open. You know our desires. You see what we love and what we despise. You see us and you know us and you love us. Awaken us to the knowledge of your presence so that we may experience your divine love and everything and everyone. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Chris uh, did say that this is kind of the first time that I came home since, or came to Durham, uh, the home that we used to call home, um, since, since we left. And, you know, that kind of brought some, like, mixed feelings a little bit. It's like kind of nostalgia, being in the city, going to the same coffee shops, having the same rhythms. And, uh, but it's been really sweet to see old friends and uh, friends that we've made for a lifetime here in this space, in this church, to be here, be present, uh, is kind of a, uh, just a joy for my heart um, to be here. And so uh, as we journey kind of through this uh, morning liturgy, uh, I'm going to be here, brief words, so it's not going to be a long uh, situation. Uh, but as y'all have been going through Acts, we've also been going through Ephesians at our church. And um, one of the things that I'm really excited about to preach through Acts uh, is this idea that uh, Acts is giving this like uncanny window into a church or kind of the new temple uh, that God is building uh, where strangers are becoming family. Right? Where we're starting to see this community be rooted in safe and committed relationships where diversity is in abundance and division is scarce, right? And in short, this community is to embody uh, what heaven looks like. And like when I refer to heaven here, I'm not talking about maybe the place that, you know, maybe you'll go for eternity after you die, but I'm talking about God's space, right? That how heaven within this realm usually kind of refers to this idea of God's space and human space. So heaven in the world or humanity or creation and the holy of holies was in this time, right? The space where God's space and humans met or matter met. 
And that's why it was so important and why it was so distinctive, right? It was called Holy of Holies, uh, because this was the only place where God's presence met us. And what we're seeing now, right, in Acts 2, we see this, the Spirit begins to do a work in us where we begin to realize, oh, God's presence, heaven, God's space is not contained in this building structure. That there's this way where uh, what I call fragments of heaven are all around us and in us and through us, and we see it. In the church, like us, right, our eyes see the fragments, and we are called to make it a cohesive picture, right? Something that is beautiful, something that we're seeing come together in ways in which we couldn't imagine, and so what we're seeing is the outer workings of that. It's not always easy. Uh, and there's not a rule book for people who don't know each other to come together and hang out. And it's going to be a fun time. It might not always be fun. And that's okay, right? That's, that was a joke. It, you know, it's fine. We talked about bad jokes earlier. It's okay. I have a couple in me. Uh, so I'm going to read from Acts 6, 1 through 3. And it says this, it says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. And if you don't kind of see what's happening here, right, people came together for the pilgrimage, Pentecost, all these things. So you have a lot of people from uh, a lot of places here. Uh, the diaspora really put a lot of people out of place. Uh, and now you have people coming together and they're like, hey, we left our homes for pilgrimage, but we're just going to hang out here because something seems to be happening. So they left their homes and they are now staying in this community where they're having to depend on people and each other. All right. And so it says the Hebraic Jews, because they were their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And so the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. I don't know if you don't think that is funny, but I do personally, right? We must not uh, neglect the word of God, so we, we can't wait on these tables, y'all, right? And, and then it talks about brothers and sisters choose seven men, our brothers and sisters, they choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them. So we see tension up front immediately. We see a problem, right? We see people feeling like they're being slighted, right? I mean, I don't know how many of you have ever been in a place where uh, you might have felt like you're being played out right now. You're not being loved well, and you're kind of salty. So the Hellenistic Jews felt like because our widows are being slighted, this is not an okay situation. But what we don't see is the unspoken question inside this complaint is, will we be taken care of? Am I known here and are all people, are all our people included? Right? Because it's a new family, right? So the Jews that where Hebraic Jews, there was kind of this tension between, oh, no, we're the true, right, kind of space. We're the true Israel. 
And you have people that are coming from different cultures from the diaspora context saying, are we going to be taken care of? And is this a safe space for us? And when we look at kind of the the temple language uh, that was going on, kind of the life of the community of the followers uh, of Yahweh, uh, one, you had Herod's temple. So give you some geography here. So you had Herod's temple uh, where Jesus's disciples would have worshipped. And what usually Herod's temple was defined as was it was defined by who was excluded. It was defined by religious perfection defined by rigidity and preservation of the system over the inclusion and value of the individual. It, it, it was almost synonymous with empire. Literally, it was connected, right? Now, it's more nuanced than that. Don't play out people who went to Herod's temple, right? That's not the case. It's more nuanced than that, but that's what it would have been defined as. And Howard Thurman, uh, uh, kind of a theologian of old and, and a mentor from the grave for me, um, He said, too often the price exacted by society for security and respectability, and this is talking about Christians, is that the Christian movement in its formal expression must be on the side of the strong against the weak. This is a matter of tremendous significance, for it reveals to what extent a religion that was born of a people acquainted with persecution and suffering has become the cornerstone of a civilization of nations whose very position in modern life too often has been secured by ruthless use of power and applied to defenseless peoples. There's a resemblance here uh, to our church, Christian church, and at some level Herod's temple. And that's where the nuance comes in. When we look historically, we see that we have too often sided with the empire, so to speak, at the expense of the little people, at the expense of those who have been outcast and devalued and said, you're not welcome here because of how you look, because of your life, because of your lifestyle, because of gender, because of sexuality, whatever it might, whatever it is, sexual orientation, whatever it is, you can define the other. Race, And it's so easy for us to sometimes demonize the scripture. So I'm trying to get us to to find ourselves in these spaces of nuance. Where we find ourselves with the allegiance to kind of a Herod's temple space. And then you have Jesus's new temple family. And this is wild, right? This is a space that is defined by all being welcomed. The community where people encounter God's generosity and healing presence that is manifest in the fact that all people have value, all people are included in this new family. And that's what we're seeing right now. People are asking the question, are really all people welcome here? Right, Herod's Temple had a theology where uh, Yahweh is the God of love and justice and peace, but yet the oppression was happening. People were being oppressed at the expense of the empire. And so the question that the Hellenistic Jews are asking is, do you see me? Am I loved? Am I welcome here? Am I valued? Richard Ward says this about communities that define themselves by who is not welcome. And he says, when any church defines itself by the exclusion of anybody, it is always wrong and is avoiding the only vocation of being the Christ. 
The only groups Jesus seriously critiques are the ones that include themselves and exclude others from the always given grace of God. The point of Jesus' new temple is that it would be the new space, the mobile space where heaven and earth meet. A space where renewal and healing and unity would thrive and not only not only that, but that, would cult, that we would cultivate and see the fragments of heaven in our, each other and in our communities. And as I was saying, heaven is not this faraway place. But when we think of heaven, I hope that maybe we can switch to see God's presence. When we think of heaven, that this has become God's space. That the beauty in each other and in us and in community and in the journey, that we would find it and that we would put it together. And I love how Bell Hooks says this. I'm almost done, trust me. I know, I know if y'all probably heard that, you're like, oh, I got 10 more minutes. No, I'm, I'm really almost done. Uh, but Bell Hooks says this uh, in the Pedagogy of Hope when she talks about teaching community. And this is my desire that we would steer away from the dominator culture that strives to keep us all afraid to make us choose safety instead of risk and sameness instead of diversity. And moving through that fear of finding out what connects us and reveling in our differences. This is the process that brings us closer, that gives us a shared world or a world of shared values and a meaningful community. Maybe you're asking why I'm talking about kind of the outer workings of Herod's temple and Jesus's new temple, or maybe you're asking why I'm saying uh, this idea of how Acts 6, 1 through 7 has to deal with this, but these are just literally a picture of the inner workings of what it's like for people who are different to come together and be together. And what it looks like for the church, for leadership to say, uh, we are actually seeing the fragments of heaven here. And we need to put these things together and make sure people are taken care of. They're seen, they're known, they're welcome. And not just saying, hey, you're welcome here, our doors open. But no, literally, you are welcome, right? I don't know if you've ever been invited to a dinner and like people are just like, oh, no, you can come, right? Like you could come and then you get there and it's like, do people really know I could like, am I really is this a spot where I should be? This is kind of weird, right? But it's like too long the church has been that space. where We've convinced ourselves that, no, we say people are welcome. But it's like, no, can you really take a seat in this space and know that we will know your story and ask you questions and take you out for coffee and have a meal and share life together? And then Acts 6. Uh, seven says this, and this is uh, what I'll end on. So mind you, after the disciples or the apostles were like, yo, we cannot wait on tables. We need to devote ourselves to prayer and the word of God. I'm sorry if I'm leaving the mic uh, a little bit. But after this, we're seeing that. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So the connection here uh, is that they not only taught what to believe around who Jesus was, the Messiah was, but the practical met the experiential and people saw that. 
people were attracted to the fragments of heaven that were being captured in this community. And so it didn't grow because of this like leadership prowess, right, to have seven people that are just, you know, but no, it grew because people were like, oh, no, we are like this is a table for us. We have a seat here. We are welcome at this table. I love how James Cone puts it. He says, indeed, our survival and liberation depend on our recognition of truth when it is spoken in Catch this, lived by people. If we cannot recognize the truth, then they cannot liberate us from untruth. But to know the truth is to appropriate it. For it is mainly or not mainly a reflection in theory. But truth is divine action entering our lives and creating the human action of liberation. Growth happens when the practical meets the experiential. The scriptures uh, constantly try to move us from thinking really, 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 really hard about things and not having any follow through. And what we're seeing here is that I think the spirit is leading us to really think really, really, really hard about things, but have follow through. And that we would see the importance in us partnering in the kingdom and God's plan of renewal of all things. But I ask you, I ask you as the church and as people, that when you walk out today, that you would begin to capture fragments of heaven in our creation in each other, in the moments of laughter, in the moments of joy, in the moments of sorrow, that we almost would have a lens where we're seeing goodness and God's grace in the eyes of each and every one of us. And that you would know that it's not this idea that, no, like, you're kind of welcome or uh, we'll hear you or we'll kind of listen to you, but we'll kind of continue with our agenda. But the difference between the church and Herod's temple or the new temple and Herod's temple is that Herod's temple is willing to sacrifice all people who did not uh, live up to this standard of holiness. Right. They're willing to sacrifice all people who did not live in that space. And the difference was that this church, the new temple, the people of God, where heaven, God's space resided, was that they were not willing to do so. They said all people are God's people and we see it in their eyes and we see fragments of heaven being put together. So let me pray for us. Uh, Lord, you are good. You are good. Be with us as we uh, journey in our lives uh, amidst community. That you would show us what it means to be loved, what it means to be known, and what it means to be seen. And that in turn, uh, as that is going on in our life, that we would do the same for others. 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you move in our hearts today. And we love you and we thank you. Be with us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.